Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. Time for, as always, a glorious edition of the Man in the Arena podcast. And of course, it's college football season, or at least what's left of it, and we'll get into some of that here in a minute. But of course, I gotta introduce everybody, of course, to my good buddy, Trey Pack. Trey, how you doing out there, man? Doing great, man. Happy to be here, as always. And it's just... I never thought, you know, we've been, we're almost, you know, we're definitely a little over halfway through our second season doing this. I never thought I would be this sad at this point. In the season. <laughs> it's one of those things as we dive into it here. And of course, what we're talking about is the fact that our beloved Tennessee Vols were up 13 to nothing against Arkansas at halftime. And people I'm sure were saying we should just stop the count at that point. As Tennessee's third quarter woes continue as Arkansas scores 24 points in the third quarter and or 21 points rather kicks a field goal later. Anyway, Arkansas wins the game 24 to 13 as Tennessee got pretty much nothing going in the second half. And at this point, I'm not even mad anymore. I'm just disappointed, just like a, just a disappointed dad. <laughs> With something. Exactly. Like, you know, they can only break your heart so much to when you got to start looking in the mirror. And, you know, it's got to be just as much my fault for tuning in every week as it is that our our coaching staff cannot make second-half adjustments to save their life. It's just weird. It's this weird thing about it's a plan B. And, yes, and just – to correct myself, because I know someone will get me on my Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley. Yes, they did score all 24 points in the third quarter. So there was nothing scored in the fourth quarter at all in this game. But it, it was so weird because Tennessee came out with a great game plan. They knew Arkansas would stick in a zone coverage for passing and cut off some of the passing. <laughs> because that's how they beat Mississippi State with Mike Leach right after they beat LSU. And so they were able to run the ball really well. Like Eric Gray had a great game, uh, at least yardage wise. I mean, 31 carries for 123 yards. So he's only averaging four yards a carry, but he still did okay. Right. But in Tennessee was up 13 to nothing. Samiglio was hitting good field goals. Looks like his leg problems might be over with, but then I just don't know what has happened since halftime of the Georgia game where it just goes bye-bye with the juju and just the halftime adjustments. Either they have no plan B or plan B is just to do more plan A, even when plan A is not working. Yeah, and it's the exact opposite of what we were seeing late uh, in the year last year. Like, Coach Pruitt was the king of the halftime adjustment last year. And it was we were able to, you know, to close out a lot of games and come back in a lot of games because of those second-half adjustments. But, man, and I feel like we're going to say the, the word second-half adjustment 500 times a day. But that's what it, that's what it's been. That's what it's been for weeks is that we, for whatever reason, I don't know if, if Pruitt's going in there and dancing or, or I have no idea. But he's definitely not, you know, giving these guys any sort of insight uh, on how to continue success, let alone, you know, change it up to have more. And you have that happening, and you also, of course, have the fact that Tennessee, for whatever reason, has not been able to cover a slant pattern oh, all it's a nightmare. It's over a nightmare. the middle. Felipe Franks went 18 to 24, 215, three touchdowns, and some of those, and they weren't all slant patterns. There were some back breaking 
throws there in the third quarter that was just awful. And Tennessee got outgained in the third quarter, 257 to 16. Ten first downs for Arkansas in the third quarter to Tennessee's zero. I mean, that's just, it's so just mind-boggling of what's happened with some of this. And, I mean, they got just some of these gutsy, because Tennessee was still in the game for much of that, even though they were getting eaten alive. They even put Maurer in after Garantano got hurt. I guess his head got injured. He is day-to-day, so we'll see where that all goes. Of course, Tennessee's game has been postponed. We'll get into that here in a minute against Texas A&M. But you had a 56-yard pass to Mike Woods for a first and goal that just immediately became a touchdown on a slant. And then a 59-yard touchdown pass to Traylon Burks. And those just just kept going. It was so weird where it's like, where is this? Where are our adjustments to fix things? And our blitzes aren't coming home at all, which doesn't help either. Yeah, and I will say this to the defense's credit. Um I mean, Arkansas had 10 first downs and we had none. Yeah. Like, a lot of times, you know, as a defensive coordinator and even as like a position coach, we can't stop everything all the time. And we held, we held them to a shutout in the first half. But eventually if, if our defense is not able to sit on the sidelines for literally more than three plays to A, catch a breath, but B, to try to adjust to some of the stuff that they're seeing – our offense gives them no help. It's actually a hindrance. Like, hell, I would rather us go out there and take three knees and run the clock just to give the defense a breath. And that's true. because And it didn't help either that Arkansas opened up the second half with that 17-yard drive for a touchdown. So when you have that too, you're going to just gash your defense for a long time, especially when the offense comes out there and does nothing. For, for yeah, for 10 drives. Yeah. For 10 drives, but, you know, no first downs. Uh, you know, I don't know how many possessions we had in the third quarter, but to to I mean have that many three and outs is just insane. It's it's so frustrating. And again, there's play calling, and again we can talk about the bad quarterback play because there's plenty of that to go around, as we all know. But one of the other things is the offensive line really, besides for that 16 play touchdown drive, the offensive line has really been disappointing through this losing streak as well. I don't I'd have to double check, but someone said that Tennessee has not had from a running back a run longer than 16 yards in this losing streak, which is a problem when you can't break into that second level either. Oh, yeah, we've not had a run longer than 16 yards and we have arguably the worst quarterback issues in the SEC. Not arguably. Definitely the best the worst quarterback issues in the SEC. It's a nightmare. We can't we can't run the ball. We can't throw the ball. What do we do? You just roll over and play dead, apparently. It seems like yeah, what's take, happening. Take three knees and pray. Yeah. Just okay. yeah. Hope, hope for more pick sixes is all you can hope for at that point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, as much as I love Henry Toto, he's not Bobby Boucher. Like it's we're not the mud dogs. We yeah. Gotta, we gotta find some sort of offensive identity. I agree. And now Tennessee's going into this back end of this schedule where, and and we'll reach into it again because it was like, oh, good, we're playing Texas A&M next week. Uh, Tennessee pretty much gets almost a, a, an extra bye week, you would have it, as the Tennessee-Texas A&M game has been postponed. And Texas A&M, by the way, looking great. They're up to number five in the country right now and just 
I mean, they're sitting in a real good position to maybe get into the playoff, depending on what happens with some of these other teams. But it got postponed for COVID. But then Tennessee now, you get an extra week, but then you're going to play Auburn late night at Jordan-Hare Stadium on ESPN at 7 o'clock. Then you've got Vanderbilt, which as bad as Tennessee is, we're and I, I'm going to regret, I have a feeling I'm going to regret saying this, are not as bad as Vanderbilt. So, That's tough, buddy. I know. And I, then, I, I will say this. If we lose to Vanderbilt, I'll, I'll pay for the buyout. <laughs> extension, I'll, you, you, losing to Vanderbilt gets you fired, period. It should. It should do that. Absolutely. And then, of course, Florida and then Texas A&M. So, I mean, you're... You're going to play three ranked teams in Vanderbilt to end the season now. And it is just not looking good for the Big Orange, which is, again, just disappointing, especially when you got Jim Chaney, who usually is a really good play caller, but he just was not wanting to throw the ball at all. And then Pruitt made the decision to... We had a chance to kick a field goal, and I think it was just like a 40-ish yard field goal to make it an eight-point game instead of the 11 that it ended up being, and they didn't do it. They went for it, which it seems to be a way that a lot of coaches are going. You've seen that more and more where they're just wanting a chance to score a touchdown and cut into a lead even more instead of just making it a one-score game, which is weird. Yeah, I mean, I I get it with our offense, man. If, you know, you got to try to take those points while you can. Um you know, by kicking a field goal, in my opinion. But with our offense struggling as bad as they are, if you, you know, you think the breaks are going your way on a fourth down, I get going there because you don't know when you're going to be back in scoring position. Um, are we? That's the fourth down. That was Harrison Bailey's first throw of the game, right? I think so, yeah. No sense. The kids, he's a, I almost said he's a rookie, Jesus Christ. He's a freshman. He's a hell of a freshman. I, I'm a Harrison Bailey guy. Uh, I definitely think Maurer should finish the rest of the year, and I think, you know, Bailey take this red shirt uh, that he's still eligible for. But, uh, you know, I'm a Harrison Bailey guy, but you put this kid out there who's never – you're putting him in a uh, position that we're still in the ball game, which is great. That's what everybody in the state of Tennessee wants – but you make him throw his first pass on fourth down, he has no chance to get a rhythm. He has no chance to do anything. He handed the ball off three times, and then now we're going to throw it on fourth down. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't know where Coach Chaney and Coach Pruitt are not clicking. It Yeah, something is wrong. I don't know if there's like just something getting lost in the shuffle. It, it is just frustrating. And again, because we had so many expectations going into this season. And again, they could salvage a lot of it if they go on just a tear that was even better than what happened last year. But just the way it's going, I just don't see that happening. No, yeah. I mean, if we win, you know, two of the last four, then that would be, that would be ecstatic. Yeah, especially if one of if the one of them's Florida would make me really ecstatic. Oh my gosh, it would, that would be, we won the whole season if we beat Florida at the yeah. end. Just, just ruin their chances of anything. That would be the best thing in the world. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You're telling me they have to win the SEC championship to have a shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It'd be insane. But you know, I don't, I don't think we have as much of a shot there. But we beat, 
We beat like a Vanderbilt and an Auburn or let alone an A&M. I will be so, so happy. I would take it at this point. I would definitely take it. And of course, the uh, the biggest game of the week in the SEC was the game no, formerly known as the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, Florida just going off. I had this one wrong, and I will readily admit I missed this one bad. Uh, as Florida beats Georgia 44-28, I thought Georgia's defense, even though they've had some issues, was still just going to run through it and keep Trask at bay. I was wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I, like I said last week, man, I think Stetson Bennett is just—he's just too short. He just does not have uh, the ability, the you know, the ability to to keep up with a team like Florida in in that style of game. Um, I think they put you know they had Tennessee disease, you know, them not being able to move the ball at times with their defense at a compromised position, and and Florida took advantage of it. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, I mean, I. As much as I hope we have a shot at them later in the year, I don't think Florida loses another game uh, unless it's in that SEC championship. It could be because, again, if they're going to play Alabama, which it looks like that will be who they're playing, yeah, uh, I just don't see that happening at all. Florida looks great. Uh, And again, just to kind of to peek ahead a little bit, what do we do with the college football playoff if we have a one-loss A&M team? We have mm-hmm. a Alabama loses the SEC championship to Florida, so you have a one-loss Alabama team and a one-loss Florida team. That's the SEC champion. Do you have three SEC teams go to the playoff? Honestly, I think what would end up happening if you did that, I think Texas A&M would be on the outside looking in. Uh, I th- yeah, that it would just so nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. That's just what sucks about the divisions, man. Is that I think Florida and A and M have the exact same resume at that point. But yeah. I, I think Florida gets in over them. And what sucks is yeah, because A and M beat Florida. So right. exactly, that's the weird thing. Sense. And again, that I was kind of people were talking about this, and I didn't know how much I agreed with it, but I could see it now, where maybe for just this year you have eight teams in the college football playoff because again with everything going on with the coronavirus and everything where you've got now Ohio State they're losing a game against Maryland where the qualifier quote-unquote is you have to play six games to be considered and Ohio State's now down a game if they lose a couple more now again do I think the Big Ten will come in if Ohio State's five and oh and they've played all the games that they can play oh the big 10 will make sure ohio state's in this playoff they'll find the game yeah i still think you should have found a way to make for all these exceptions of putting maybe a byu who took care of boise state at boise state 51 to 17 over the weekend or a a, a pac-12 champion who looks pretty good but might only play five games it's just the way this season has gone by the way hats off to you for going nine and one in the picks on Facebook this week, uh, if Tennessee had done anything against Arkansas, you would have gone ten and zero. Yeah, hey, we're we're finally pulling it around. I did a lot better last year in my overall record, so we're yeah. trying to come back. Yeah, well, we will see how we come clawing back. But again, something satisfied that we both nailed on this fine program was Indiana beating up on Michigan thirty eight to twenty one. That was really satisfying. And Indiana, man. Again, maybe I have respect for them for what they were able to do against Tennessee in the Gator Bowl last year, but I've loved what they've been able to do on the field so far this season. I like Indiana, man. I really do. 
Um, but you know how I feel about Michigan. I don't care who Michigan's playing. I hope they would never win another football game. So it's yeah. it's ugh, it's beautiful to see a team like Indiana just put a beat down on them. Yeah, and again, another th- team I give credit for, hats off, where I've had this one missed, is Liberty undefeated. They beat Virginia Tech. They got the field goal at the gun where, again, the cruel irony of trying to call a timeout to ice a kicker right before he kicks where they miss it, and then they have time to do some more, and then they get the field goal again. That was just a bad thing by uh, Virginia Tech head coach uh, Justin Fuentes. Yeah, they, kicking kickers are so such weird animals, bro. Yeah, uh, like, and that's be uh, Shibley. I know we've talked about this before, maybe off air, maybe not on air. Uh, your your humble co-host uh, was a kicker in high school. I, I'm not afraid to admit that. <laughs> now we toe poked the hell out of the ball. We just, oh yeah, we kicked straight on like it was the '40s. But uh, no, nah, man. Even in the very few times that we kicked field goals in high school. Uh, I got iced a couple times, and they all worked. So yep. I don't know if that was more uh, a testament to my skill or me being in my head. But I always ice the kicker. I don't even if it didn't work out this time. I always ice them. That works. But again, Liberty winning this sets up, and again, we'll see again where the season goes. Liberty plays their four games, and I'm not going to do a run the table BS because I hate that. But they play Western Carolina who hasn't played a game all season, uh, so that should be a win easily. Then they're playing NC State, who's at 4-3, and three, another ACC opponent. Liberty's going to end up being your ACC champion if they don't watch out because they've already beaten Syracuse this year too. Then they play UMass, who's terrible. But then it sets up, and we'll see what happens at the end of the year, but on December 5th, you're going to have Liberty and Coastal Carolina, both still undefeated as of this taping. That could be the best match in Sunbelt history at that point. Oh, definitely, man. I mean, uh, it'll be – it's just like when SMU played Memphis here a couple of years ago and they were both undefeated. Yeah. Uh, it'll just be high scoring. Is it is that game at Coastal Carolina or at Liberty? It's on that teal field there oh, where the yeah. Chanticleers play. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> uh, I, I won't be able to watch it, but I will, I'll try – you know, I'll turn my brightness down or something. We'll figure it out. Yeah, just just turn the color off and just make it a black and white field like back in the day. Hell yeah. So you have those. You have, of course, uh, Texas A&M just beating the tar out of South Carolina. Ohio State taking care of Rutgers, which just makes me happy. As much as I hate Ohio State, I just don't like Greg Schiano more. And then you go, of course, to the big game of the day. And I tweeted out this uh, during the game because Clemson and Notre Dame were – going through the they were wrapping up the fourth quarter by the time the Tennessee game ended and I tweeted out I was like anybody watching this Notre Dame Clemson game it's like they're playing a completely different sport than Tennessee is right now and that's the way it was Clemson falling in overtime losing a lot of their streaks as Notre Dame wins 47 to 40 and you got to give credit to Ian Book the Notre Dame quarterback he was going in for a touchdown that was probably going to put that game away late in the third quarter, fumbled the ball into the end zone. Clemson gets it, gets back in the game. But then Ian Book, right at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, goes down, leads an easy touchdown drive, and then wins the game in overtime for Notre Dame. You just see the difference in quarterbacks. And just the cool is the other side of the pillow with just being able to be calm and get down there and win the game for your team. 
Yeah, I mean, what a football game. And my hats are off to Clemson to be able to play at the level that they're playing at, uh, you know, to even be in that game. I picked Notre Dame to win that game by, like, two touchdowns. Um, But a hell of a game. But uh, I think Notre Dame has, you know, as gross as it is to say, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon, but I do think they're going to be in the college football playoff this year. Well, they definitely have – the the ability and they've got the up on Clemson now again what's probably going to end up happening is Clemson and Notre Dame depending on how this all goes is going to end up playing each other in the ACC championship game and if Clemson with Trevor Lawrence gets the Duke on him we'll see where everything goes from there and that's the thing that drives me nuts again as we talked many times on the show I hate the if they all run the table because we don't know we just don't know when even a team like Vanderbilt who's been terrible for so long, jumps up and bites you. Because it can happen, especially in college football. It's happened to us. It has. It has too many times to count, which is just driving me insane. But again, the biggest thing that came out of that game, besides the fact that it was a great college football game and a great atmosphere, even though there was only 11,000 people in the stands there at Notre Dame Stadium, but you have to take a look at what happened with at the end of the game where the students, even though they had been told repeatedly to not do so, rushed the field there. And again, we're in the middle of the, another COVID outbreak where numbers are spiking all around the country. We're hitting record highs. And you had these these kids rushing the field. And it's like, and yes, there's pictures in a lot of them, yes, wearing masks, but not all of them. And you just wonder what's going to happen with them especially when they got like rebuked and disciplined by their school president, Father John Jenkins, there at Notre Dame, saying, you know, everybody needs to be tested or they're not going to get, they're not going to have their early registration or what have you that was at the game. When, if anybody doesn't know, Father John Jenkins was at the Super Spreader event at the Rose Garden in the White House for uh, the Amy Comey Barrett announcement that she's going to be the new Supreme Court Justice. So there's a lot of hypocritical stuff going on there. Yeah, man. It's, you know, Notre Dame and the Catholics, it's a whole thing. As a lapsed Catholic, oh, I know all about that. I know. Uh, yeah, it's it's insane. Wear your mask. It just definitely wear your mask. Try to social distance. I get you won the biggest game in, in Notre Dame football in the past 10 years. I get it. Hey, if we beat Florida and I'm in Neyland, I'm going to have three masks on, but I'm yanking the goalpost now. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get it, but just tr- wear your mask, get tested. Um, just follow the rules. It's not hard. Uh, but, you know, should not have done it if the school obviously said not to. But also, I'm a fan, man. I, I get it. I, I definitely get where they're coming from. So in, in fear of sounding like one of those hypocrites, just wear your mask. Yeah. Try to stay apart. Yeah, do do the best you can. Because again, and it, I understand the passion of it and everything, but it's this is so big compared to everything with cases spiking. It and it's just people just need to be careful and be cautious. And again, yeah, if you're socially distant, and wearing a mask is fine, especially when you're outside. But man, it's just the optics don't look good. I think 
is the big thing. And especially these kids, they're about to go home for Thanksgiving break, and God forbid one of them with that incubation period of 14 days, it sits in them, and then they go home and get grandma sick. You know, that's not going to be good. I agree, man. Wear your mask, stay six feet apart, and get tested. Man, there's too many mm-hmm. avenues out there to get tested. Just, I mean, I, I'm telling you, get tested as much as you can. Yeah. And then, of course, one of the other things, and that leads us going into this week for college football, where you have, I believe now, I think because just the, the North Texas game just got postponed, so that gives us now 11 games this weekend in college football have been either postponed or canceled. And that includes four games in the SEC, including, of course, our beloved Tennessee Vols taking on Texas A&M. And then you've got the uh, the Auburn-Mississippi State game, Alabama-LSU, and you've got the Georgia-Missouri game. So those have all been postponed. Ohio State and Maryland was canceled because they'd given themselves no wiggle room to reschedule. So... You have these, and then you've got, like, Memphis and Navy has been postponed. It's just Pitt, Georgia Tech. I'm just kind of scrolling through all of these. Air Force and Wyoming. Poor Air Force has been trying to play so many games, and they keep having stuff canceled. And it sucks. It's the circumstances we're living in, and it's. I just wish that you'd be able to move back the playoff and the bowl games because it's not like there's going to be nothing on TV for people to watch during that time anyway. You could move it, and the ratings are going to be there no matter what. Yeah, college football will always be king, no matter yep. what. So, it's frustrating, and again, hopefully everybody just, again, wears their mask and stay safe, because again, with the contact tracing and everything, that's what you have to be careful for. So, that's what's going on in college football. Uh, let's move over just real quick to the NFL from everything that happened over that. Um, again, uh, the Packers continued the whoop on the 49ers as they were in the middle of doing that as we recorded last week's episode. They continued to do that. Um, my goodness, you have the Titans finally getting off the schneid and beating the Bears, which was really nice. The Chiefs in a fight with the Panthers, but I'm still going to take the Chiefs with Pat Mahomes no matter how close the game is. Yep, yeah, always, man. You got to love those. Uh Again, and the Steelers, this is the the game, of course, that so many people were questioning was the Steelers versus the Cowboys, where the Cowboys were in a position to win that game, but the Steelers were able to hang on and win. And people were like, uh-oh, something's wrong with the Steelers. They won the game. And also, you'd think they would have a hangover after winning at Tennessee and at Baltimore. So I'm just glad they got through it with the win, and it's better than losing that game. Exactly, man. Anybody that's worried about the Steelers right now is out of their mind. Yep. Everybody's going to have a down game and people are going to get up for a big game, man. It happens, you know, every day. Nobody, most people aren't worried about Clemson because Boston College played them close. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the Steelers are, are the team right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And one of the teams you thought could also get back on track were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially getting revenge on the New Orleans Saints from the opening weekend loss of the season. That didn't happen, as Tom Brady suffered the worst loss in his career as a quarterback, losing at home to the Saints 38-3. Tom Brady, three interceptions and only 209 yards passing. Drew Brees only had 222 yards passing, but four touchdowns. So... Wow. Definitely a tale of two quarterbacks there. Um, 
It's, you know, people want to talk about the, the GOAT discussion. You know, Tom Brady's a heck of a quarterback, but if you don't have literally the greatest football mind ever, you know, helping you out there, it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. And one of the games that I loved watching just while I had the Red Zone channel on while I was at work, which is great, by the way. It's just great to have just randomness going. I love the Red Zone channel. Was the fact that you've got with the Miami uh, Dolphins versus the Arizona Cardinals game, two young quarterbacks that could be just, again, with uh, with Mahomes and some of these other guys, some of these young guns coming up. Man, it was fun to watch. Tua Tungavailoa, who didn't have to do anything in his first win because the defense did everything. He, 248 yards passing, two touchdowns, and Kyler Murray just continues to have just an amazing season, even in a losing effort, 283 yards, three touchdowns, plus 106 yards rushing and one touchdown. What a great game that was to watch. Yeah, it definitely was. And you're right, man. It's, it's We see so much of it in wrestling. Uh, you know, there's always this weird, uh, I, I don't even want to call it an exchange of power because yep. that's more what it is in wrestling. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The guys come up. You can kind of tell they're about to get their push. We're seeing that in football right now with these quarterbacks. You've got guys like Brady that are really struggling. And then you have a guy like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson or Mahomes or, you know, Tua or any of these guys that are just lighting it up uh, in the wake of some of the disasters like you saw in Tampa Bay. Yeah. It's, it's been amazing. And I look forward to seeing just what's going to happen with the NFL with a lot of these young guys. Just so much fun, which makes me happy. Just really, really, really does. Moving real quick uh, over to Major League Baseball, just because it's awards season, and I always love the awards. And ba- I mean, again, you talk about numbers, that's where the numbers will always matter, is in Major League Baseball. Jose Abreu winning, and these just happening while we've been recording, Jose Abreu with the White Sox winning the AL MVP. Just, again, a phenomenal season for him, which yeah. was... Definitely a guy that's been in the league forever, too, you know? Yeah, I love a Brave. Freddie Freeman with the Braves. Again, the Braves, as just seems to be Atlanta's history, coming up short in things. But Freddie Freeman winning the MVP. And again, yes, I know it was a shortened season. But still, these are great honors to have. Uh, Shane Bieber had a great season in the American League for the Cy Young with the Indians. And whether you love him or hate him, Trevor Bauer had a great season uh, for the Cincinnati Reds getting the uh, NL Cy Young which was a lot of fun. And, of course, the one that brings up the biggest controversy was the American League Manager of the Year, which went to Kevin Cash of the Tampa Rays, of course, because he he took out his pitcher there when he probably shouldn't have in the World Series, which came back to it. But again, it was... He's done so much with so little there in Tampa. You gotta give it to him because it's a, it's a regular season award. Yep. Yeah. One mistake in the playoffs is not going to take it. You know what I mean? It, it, it happens. And I the fact that because Peyton Manning has yep. the piece. Yeah. And the fact that Don Mattingly did so much with so little with the Marlins too to get them to the playoffs in this abbreviated season. Of course, he got the NL Manager of the Year as well. And and again, we'll see where these guys go with their Rookie of the Year because who knows? Especially in baseball, things can go weird from being the greatest rookie of all time to nothing. Uh, Kyle Lewis of the Mariners is your American League Rookie of the Year. 
and Devin Williams of the Brewers, your National League Rookie of the Year. Where, again, these awards just seem to matter so much in baseball. Always love talking about it. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, like you said, it's a lot of fun. Uh, award season in any sport is always fun, but baseball, there's, I really like the way that it gets broken down. Yep. Absolutely. Meanwhile, of course, you have a tradition definitely unlike any other, which is the Masters Tournament is happening right now in the middle of November there at Augusta. So instead of the azaleas in full bloom, you've got fall colors, which has just been odd. But the golf has been really good. Yes, it was delayed uh, today. So the start, you had the Masters supposed to start in, in April. It gets delayed to November, and then it gets delayed again because of weather. But there was some great golf. Paul Casey of England had a first round 65 to lead with seven under, which was great. And Tiger Woods on the leaderboard, again, looking for his sixth green jacket, which would tie him with Jack Nicholas and go back to back. Tiger Woods at minus four. Of course, you've got guys like Webb Simpson, Justin Thomas, Lee Westwood, Adam Scott. They're all out there. And of course, there's a long way to go, but it's just great to have the Masters, no matter what time of year it is. Yeah, I'm not the biggest golf guy by any means, but it's, again, any step towards normalcy, like having the Masters, you know, having football. There's sports back when we went all just through that drought of the summer, so I'm happy everything's kind of coming back. Yeah, it's it's going to be weird where, because the way, especially with golf, you can be so far apart that you can do, you've got the Masters in November, and then they're probably going to do it again in April. So you're going to have it so quick turnaround, but it's great. Augusta National Course is just one of the most beautiful pieces of property you're ever going to see. I can't wait at some point to just go and see it at some point live. It would just be amazing. Yeah, it's definitely pretty. I will say that. Like I said, I know almost nothing about golf other than Tiger Woods, but it it is definitely pretty. Yep. It's on a lot when I'm playing cards, so I'm picking up. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I'll tell you that. All right. You ready to, uh, Oh wait, even before we pick games, I almost forgot about AEW had full gear happening, uh, over the weekend. My goodness, John Moxley defending his AEW championship, making Eddie Kingston with the help of some barbed wire say, I quit, which was great. Um, you've got Darby Allen with, uh, Winning the TNT championships, which was just great. And then, of course, the match of the, the night was the Young Bucks winning the tag team championships over FTR, which is a throwback. I think they had every great tag team finishing move happen in this game. You had the heart attack. You had the 3D. You had the Swanton Bomb. They were all there. All the greatest hits of tag team wrestling was in that match. It was just an amazing match. Definitely a, a great homage to, especially with the Young Bucks, they own those titles. You know what I mean? Those, yep. those are meant uh, for them to wear. So to throw that kind of, like I said, that homage to tag team wrestling um, to arguably the, the greatest tag team in the world right now. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was definitely something special. It really, really was. And now, I will say this leading up, like Cody Rhodes did, uh, did lose. It was awesome to hear him get announced as Cody Rhodes. That was yes. incredible. Even to, all, you know, ne- no crowd basically. Uh, but I don't, I'm sure you saw it. The promo that Cody, that Cody cut uh, before their match was one of the most, it's the best promo I've ever seen since his dad. Oh, it was I mean, amazing. It, it was phenomenal. Oh, uh, yeah. it was, it was perfect. 
Yeah. Going back really quick to that tag match, too, is the fact that FDR... Uh, Dax Harwood went, you know, away from the motto because FTR, they've always been, you know, no flips, just fists, but he tried a springboard 450 and he missed, as the, as the late Gorilla Monsoon would always say, the well was dry, got super kicked, and it cost them their tag team championships, which told a great story, and the fact that Kenny Omega beating Hangman Adam Page sets up on, I think, December 2nd. They're doing it on Dynamite. AEW World Championship match, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, which is just going to be phenomenal. Yeah, it, in my opinion, it's the two best in the world um, fighting for the belt. So it's definitely going to be fun to watch. And you get to watch it for free. No, you know, no pay-per-view, no nothing. Just tune into TNT. It's going to be a lot of fun. And one of the things, just real quick with the WWE in NXT, Pat McAfee, the former punter, and just loudmouth, who's great. I love Pat McAfee. Just being there in NXT with the kings of NXT, with the you know Birch and and uh, and some of those other guys over there. Man, it is a lot of fun to watch him on the mic. Pat McAfee has made a living being himself, <laughs> and nothing is more pure. He literally just decides what it is he wants to get into, and then does it. Pat McAfee. Him and Marshawn Lynch are two of my favorite human beings on the planet for doing just just being themselves. Yeah. And again, you it's weird because you've got these guys who you've got Pat McAfee, who has, of course, done nothing in terms of promo classes or anything like they do in the WWE, and Eddie Kingston, who's made his living on a microphone and just cut great promos, has never done anything with the WWE. And it's like maybe you just let people be naturally themselves instead of just doing these cookie cutter promos that so many of them do now. Right. And it ends up handcuffing them later in their career. Yeah. I mean, we still have Roman Reigns 15 years in. <laughs> they can barely get a promo. Yeah. But he's in the right spot. The stuff they're doing with the tribal chief thing is uh, amazing. Yeah. It's all leading up to the rock. They're, the rock's going to come and have to save him. But that, you know what it's, it's predictable, but fun. Yep. We will see. Oh man. It is good, good times. All right, now are you ready to pick some college football games? Let's lose some money. Even though we've got t- 11 less games to, to to think about this Saturday, including four in the SEC, we still got some good games, which is weird also. This is how weird this season has been. College game day is live from Augusta. I guess because they all wanted a free round at Augusta. I'm sure that's why they're there for that. Yeah, well, where, I mean, where else are you going to go? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree with you fully. This one's weird. The line is interesting on this one. You've got Virginia Tech coming off this loss to Liberty at 4-3, and three, facing a 6-1 and one Miami team ranked in the top 10, but Virginia Tech at home is favored by two points. Yeah, well, we're doing this early. Uh, I, I do think Virginia Tech's going to come in pissed off, uh, you know, ready to prove something, but go to the bank, take out a loan, sell sell everything that you've got, take out the stake of mortgage. Miami is winning this game. Double down. They're gonna I I would give Virginia Tech a touchdown and would still take Miami all day long. I think Miami wins by ten. All right. I, I will take I will follow you on that one, I think. So I'm feeling pretty good about that one. Uh, one of the ones I went all in on was, again, I love what Indiana's doing, ranked in the top 10. I mean, they haven't had a team like this since Antoine Randall L. That's how long ago it's been since Indiana was really good at football. They're facing a Michigan State team that 
I think their peak was beating Michigan a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but Indiana minus seven at Michigan State, I'm all over Indiana on this one. Yeah, it's one of those games I'm really going to bet light on, but I do agree with you. I think Indiana takes a handily. Let's see what else we got going on. Notre Dame on the road at Boston College. Now, the last time that Notre Dame defeated a number one ranked football team in their place was when they beat Florida State with Charlie Ward as quarterback in 1993, and then they went out the week after that and lost to Boston College at home. Now you've got Boston College hosting Notre Dame. And again, long time since then. Notre Dame coming in number two in the country. Notre Dame a 13.5 point favorite against Boston College. Yeah, man, it's not 93. I think Notre Dame comes out there. I think they win. I think they run away with it. Boston College played out of their mind against Clemson, and that's everybody gets one, and that was it for them. I will go with you on that one as well. Yeah, I actually do like Boston College to cover. I think they're going to give Notre Dame fits, but I do have Notre Dame getting the win in that one. Another one that can perk some people up if you're paying enough attention, you've got Florida coming off that big win against Georgia, playing an Arkansas team that's obviously playing way above anything that was expectations with them. Florida at home, a 17.5-point favorite. I think Florida wins, but I think Arkansas, I think, keeps it within a 10-point game. I 100% agree, man. Take Bet some money. I, as much as I was an Arkansas hater five weeks ago, uh, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. Sam Pittman's got him a hell of a program. Rakeem Boyd's a hell of a running back. Uh, Felipe Franks is just another name for Mexican hot dog, but I do think that they keep it within a touchdown. I think it's going to be really close. I like it. It's one of the SEC games that's actually happening. So th- that's one of the... Now, of course, the head coach, Sam Pittman, is not going to be in attendance, I think, because he hasn't he hasn't gone through the COVID protocols yet. We'll see where that all goes. He might be able to by the end. He might be able to pull a Nick Saban. We'll have to kind of wait and see because he did test positive after the Tennessee game. Luckily, no Tennessee players uh, tested positive. So there you go with that. Let's see here. Let's wrap up these picks with a couple more Big Ten games. Battle for supremacy in the Big Ten West. Both of these teams undefeated, Northwestern and Purdue. Northwestern, of course, with Pat Fitzgerald, who's been there, seems like, forever. Man, he's got this team, that businessman-like work rate. Northwestern, they're two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Purdue, but I've got the Wildcats getting this one. Yep, purple Vandy, buddy. That is what they will forever be known as in my brain, but I do think they get the win. And just some fun for you, of course, here to wrap up our pick segment. Wisconsin traveling to Ann Arbor is, and Wisconsin, of course, they started off great with Mertz, their quarterback, five touchdowns in that game against Illinois, but they haven't played a game since then because of all the COVID tests. They're finally back on the field playing a Michigan team trying to salvage something. Do they salvage anything in this one, or does Wisconsin get the win and get to jump around in Ann Arbor as a a four-and-a-half-point favorite? Uh, I think they're going to win by two touchdowns, buddy. They're going to be jumping around in Wisconsin, buddy. No, take take Wisconsin all day long. I'll be honest with you, Michigan is going to have one of the worst years of their football program this year, and I could not be happier. You are – I don't think you are wrong in that one. It is leaning that way. One of the things, though, as we wrap up, 
because we got to talk about this. It's almost basketball time in Tennessee. And it yeah. came out today that Tennessee has been picked uh, by the uh, by the media in the SEC to be the, they're the preseason favorites to win the conference. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Uh, very, very, very excited uh, for basketball season, 100%. Um, but I'm going to flash it back to a few years ago and just say what Rick Barnes said. Don't pick us. Yeah. Please, please don't pick us because it's going to be a nightmare if you do. Well, they but, did, and that's going to be the big thing. Is Tennessee going to be mentally tough enough to be the hunted because there are no days off in that role? So you're going to have to play that way. And again, it sucks because Tennessee would have opened up the season at Wisconsin in Madison for a battle of top preseason top 15 teams, which would have been amazing. But no, COVID had to come and and ruin a lot of that. But again, I'm looking forward to basketball season. Hopefully the football team can also turn things around so we feel good going into 2021. Yep, no, definitely. I'm super excited for basketball and we'll just leave it at that. How about it? Yeah, but John Fulkerson, he was named to first team All-SEC, and then Eve Pons was named to second team All-SEC. So we got a good core. It's incredible to me that Eve Pons, didn't he win Defensive Player of the Year last year? He did, yeah. But he's second team All-SEC. We are the most disrespected program in in the history of basketball. Hey, use that for motivation. That's what I got to say. But, of course, we will preview more of Tennessee basketball as it gets closer to basketball time in Tennessee, but it's going to wrap up this episode of the man in the arena podcast, or should I say men in the arena podcast with of course, Trey pack Trey, tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Trey pack T R E P A C K. You can find me on Instagram at Trey pack one. Uh, and then on the Facebooks, if you're wondering where I'm going to be telling the jokes, uh, just find Trey pack. It's super easy to find. Uh, and I'll be on a show in Chattanooga here towards the end of the month. So I'll give you more updates on that next week. That is awesome to hear. And of course, you can find me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley. You can find me on Instagram, Michael Shibley as well. And of course, you look up the Man in the Arena podcast on Facebook and on Instagram as well. And of course, wherever you listen, please like, subscribe, share, five-star reviews, not only for my podcast, but of course, for our Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Sagas and Shenanigans, that Tracules and Creve, and of course, Mrs. Shibbles plays uh, Diana, Lady Diana, on that with uh, some other good folks. So we've got that happening. And of course, we've got uh, BRB AFK, the video game podcast with some good friends. And of course, Geeks and Hair to the Earth, Creature Corner as well with Chris Bell. Just some fantabulous podcasts. I don't even think fantabulous is a word, but I'm using it here. Oh, it, 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 it describes those podcasts perfectly. Yeah, just our good friends making you chuckle, uh, especially like the Wild with a Y with uh, Chase Dyer, who's on here, and then Sam and Patty on that as well. So find all those wherever you listen to your fine podcasts and give them a review as well. Uh, but, Trey, I think we're done for the week. Do you want to just uh, kick back and not have Tennessee disappoint us for a week? Uh, I'm I'm going to have such an enjoyable Saturday, I'll tell you. <laughs> I agree. I think I will as well. But until next week, guys, too sweet. Love you. See you next week. Bye.